Welcome back to Your Brain on Positive. All the love and support you need is residing inside of you. And we're going to make it easier to turn it on. There are people who I can have a conversation with about anything at any moment. And my guest today is one of them. Kevin and I came into the studio to record a podcast. And 15 minutes later, I realized maybe it's time to actually start the podcast. (laughs) So if you're looking for an episode with attitude, I can pretty much guarantee you're in the right place. What you talk about, huh? What? Forget about it, huh? So, okay, Kevin, you've been helping people burn in a lot of different ways, and then you got burned. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah, I love that. Burn with cards in the back. Burn with cards. The reality of the premise that there's always light, and I love that you included that in your book. You know, I absolutely am a firm believer that when your brain is on positive, when you are allowing some light to shine in, Two things are going to happen. One, your world's going to lighten up. And two, you are going to see what's in the corners that was previously hidden. Nice. I like that. See what's in the corners with my Boston accent. Yeah. Well, preparing people for what's coming in this episode, I just want to say it's not going to be for the faint of heart. Real, raw, and relatable, those of you who've read any of the volumes of Make It a Great Day, The Choice is Yours, you know, those are the stories we go after for the book that supports my mission at the Teen Suicide Prevention Society. And Frank wrote his whole book on that premise, real, raw, and relatable. So tell us about that journey. Kevin, what is it that made you decide to share your story? I appreciate that, Jack, and I want to thank all your listeners. And real, raw, and relatable, we're going to add to that. This is one of my tattoos. I'm a Thai boxer. This is Sumbak Sumbam, Be Relentless, on the back of my shirt, too. You just have to be relentless. You know, my first story, as you know, was I was the kid that sucked at every sport, and I had a life-changing event. I was bullied, and my father died. This is his ring. You know, it's been on for 44 years. He died of alcoholism at 48. You know, and my whole world changed. Close friend talked me into, close uncle, excuse me, talked me into taking karate, saved my life from karate, went into strength training. And I never expected to become an exercise physiologist. Wasn't my plan. But I think, you know, as Dr. Wayne Dye would say, you don't plan anything. The universe dictates, you know, it does. Um, I had a knack for it, went into it, was great in the whole bit. And then, um, you know, the business just, I mean, I'm from, I come from nothing. I'm from Everett, Mass., right outside of Charlestown. And if you made it in Everett, you had one family. We lived in the three family. And to this day, God rest my mother's soul. She died of COVID back in December 2020 on her 92nd birthday. I don't know how we survived, you know, because it was my sister was six years old. She got married. I was 12 at the time, you know, so I had to be 21 when I was 12. And in my first book, um, what people didn't realize, I, I forgot that I didn't write about this. I buried my dad. And then for the next 10 years in my family, I was at a funeral every year. Now that does something to you. You know, I'm a big fan of the Jewish religion. Put them in the ground, no open casket. But the Catholics, I don't know why they want to have this open casket bullshit. Excuse me. But why do they? You know, a 12-year-old seeing their dad doesn't, isn't right. This isn't right. Well, I won't argue that because the first funeral I remember attending, I was around the same age and it was for my grandmother. And they said, you know, they walked me up to the casket 
And I'm, and it was the first time in my life I'd ever seen that woman frown. And it freaked me out from that moment on. So parents, you might want to protect your kids. There could be a traumatic event. Yeah, they need to understand that death is part of life. And they don't need to have a visual image of it. Exactly. You in my need, opinion. You don't need to be smashed in the face. I think the coffin's enough. Best funeral I ever went to was Karen Shando's former husband, Craig Shando. This is probably him in my 30s. Closed casket, he had cancer. They had photos of him in his best moments. Mm-hmm. I go, that's how you want to be. Remember me? I'll tell you what's going to happen to me. When they, I mean, I'm going to go down swinging. That's a fact. <laughs> I already have it written in my will. I want to be put on a boat, wooden maple logs, give you my two swords, cross them, light the fire, push me out to sea, just like the Vikings used to do. You know, because I don't want to waste any ground on me. We all go back to it anyway, so who cares? Um, so the reason I, I shared that first story is Kit Birmingham, my ghostwriter, First ghostwriter I had screwed me, took four grand from me and just took notes of my chapter. And then kid came to me in 2011, didn't realize how big of a problem bullying was, which bullying leads to what? Addiction, suicide, everything else, as you know. So, well, okay. I now got my own theory on what's going on with bullying. And we'll find out in a minute whether or not you agree, but go ahead. Tell, no, tell me about your story. No sugar soda, just so everybody knows. <laughs> um, I'm, a, I'm a freak about ginger root beer. So that happened and I decided to share my, I kind of conceived of the book in 2007 and then came out with the book in 2011, even though I kind of got disenfranchised with the whole thing because this ghostwriter had ripped me off. Kit came to me, never met me, didn't take a nickel. And she interviewed me during the time of my second book, which is There's Light in the Tunnel. My college sweetheart, who I married on our second kid, started drinking, mm-hmm. drinking, spending and smoking and became an alcoholic from 2005 to 2010. And I'm like... I got a six-month-old and a two-and-a-half-year-old home, and I'm like, what do I do? Now, Kit interviewed me every Monday night with my ex was at her AA meetings, which I didn't know anything about. You know, I'm like, AA? What's AA? And it was some of the hottest moments, you know? So Kit knew more about me. And it's amazing, as you know, with the universe, because I'm a big fan of the, the late Dr. Wayne Chai, Dyer, and he said, you know, the how will get handled. The how will get handled. So I come up with the book. You know, I got screwed by my first ghostwriter. I find this new ghostwriter because my fulfillment company for my DVDs, I launched these DVDs in 2008 for, 2008 for MMA conditioning because, you know, my claim to fame or shame, fame, was I was the strength coach. It's a joke. Uh, I was a strength coach for 15 UFC fighters and I came up with- Okay, you're going to have to slow down. Sorry. All right. So okay. you're talking AMA as in like mixed MMA, like mixed martial arts? Okay. And then you're talking about UFC, which um, is the same, okay. which is with the pinnacle. So yeah. I was the I was the strength coach for 15 UFC fighters. OK, so 15 UFC fighters, you coach them. Strength and now them. you're dealing with something where strength doesn't necessarily help. Nope. And it's funny, the anti-bullying expert, because I was given talks all over the world. I even in my book, I even have a letter from Michelle Obama who read my book my first book is getting bullied at home. Mm -hmm. That's what I was going to go to because most people don't realize. I believe that life lessons are repeated until learned. And you had a life lesson around bullying that while you survived as a kid, you hadn't learned what you needed to learn. Now, there's a lot of people who argue with me about whether or not this is a life lesson, but I will say that it's an energetic pattern. Hmm. 
And so we just attract people who help us resolve our patterns until we do. It's a good point. I like that. You know, and so, well, it, it takes a lot of the judgment out. Now we're not making that person wrong. They're just our personal emotional trainer. They're our pet. They're in our lives to help us resolve something we could not resolve as children. I like that because that's the, you know, I think it was Dr. Wayne Dyer used to say that, you know, maybe this person showed up to teach you something because if you know his story, you know, he's from, you know, broken home, the whole bit, the whole nine guys, his father left, he hated his father. And then he's on a seminar one time. There's a bit, he rents a car, there's a business card. He ends up at a, at a potter's field because his father was a drunk and he finds the grave and he yells at him for three hours. And that one act of forgiveness caused him to write erroneous songs. So it's kind of funny when you think about that. So me, what ends up happening to me and the reason I went public is, you know, when you, you know, everybody goes through trauma at some point in their life and everybody has some type of PTSD. Obviously, first responders and military have it worse, way worse in my opinion, because I've worked with them. Uh, yeah, we, we call it riding PETA. It's an elephant, you know, my elephant. So post-traumatic anything. Yeah, you got an elephant of your own, I know. <laughs> an elephant. I get elephants. It's my, that's my, my animal. Elephants and eagles. That's why our, our nation's called Eagle Warriors, because that's wow. my saying. Hold your vision, keep your passion, maintain and invest in your perseverance. And that's why every tattoo I have means something. <laughs> I so believe I, that. Every tattoo. It's a reminder. Just like, don't tell anybody, I'm actually the real Batman. Oh, the real Batman. Okay. One power, I, I, never give up. I never give up. I don't, I don't know how to give up. Um, All right. For those listening, just so you'll know, Mr. Kevin Kearns has a few tattoos, including <laughs> the bat symbol on his arm. So now that, yeah, 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 yeah. Don't tell anybody. You're on a podcast for crying out loud. <laughs> Let's go with, you're a badass dude. You train these people and at home you're being bullied. Yeah, You're being bullied in the worst way possible because there's something called an overt bully and you know how to handle them. And then when you're dealing with people with emotional challenges, with addictions, with the inability to be accountable, to take ownership for their lives and their actions, that's covert bullying because they force responsibility onto other people. And you were dealing with that at home. That's a level of uh, discrepancy that's hard to deal with. You know, it's extremely high when you know somebody for 10 years and it all of a sudden just flips. And then you, you, you know, the way I was, I'm 56 now. I don't feel it. I don't look it. And I think anybody thinks it's egotistical tough. I mean, I, I work my ass off to stay in shape and, you know, my salvation was exercise and my salvation was, you know, seminars, certifications and doing my thing. I couldn't wait to leave sometimes, even though I was a good father was there always there because the first five years she drank, I had no help, none, you know, she was functional. You know, that would start at four o'clock in the afternoon. And you're right. You know, people sit there and say, you know, one in four women are batted. One in seven men are batted. And I'm one of them emotionally, you know, Mm -hmm. emasculated, ripped down. And a client once said to me, how do people know, you know, your family, whoever it is, how do people know, how do people, how can people compress your buttons? Because they install them. So the reality of our conversation is we have so many directions that we can go. Let's stick with what it takes to bounce back. Okay, we'll, we'll, we'll back up that story and I'll, and I'll say this, like, so we'll fill in the blanks. You know, 
It led to a messy divorce, which was which cost over $100,000. It led to somebody attacking my, my gas meter in my house. And that's how we leave that. It led to my kids. Wait, wait, wait a minute, pause. Someone attacking the gas meter in your home is um, an open loop and I'm going to close it. All right. Or you can close it. Because what happens when somebody can crack open that gas meter? What happens next? Boom. That's what happens next. Somebody tried to force open a window and run a hose into the window from the gas meter and blow up my home. Basically. Let's just leave it at that. And it was set up because the, um, the Wi-Fi cameras were turned off and we were all out of the house. The good news is that the house did, is still standing and that no one was harmed. And the reality is that's called escalation when it comes to bullying. And what most people don't know, and thank God I have smart people in my world. And Jennifer Hancock wrote a little book called The Bully Vaccine where she explains in non-clinical terms what escalation looks like. And when you tolerate and you try to hold a boundary and then you lose it, and now the the level of of, um, intimidation, the level of manipulation is higher, the level of gaslighting is more intense, you try to hold a boundary that gets worse, and then you lose it, and now they've reset the bar up higher. When people finally get out of an abusive relationship, sometimes that escalation is now deadly. Yes. And that's why the most dangerous time for anyone to leave an abusive relationship is when they leave it, they're in the most danger because the escalation is happening. I I agree with that. And that's what led me to my attempted suicides in 2019. You know, I was, you you go from all that mess and then you go from that to now I went from 3,300 square feet, my dream home for 19 years to 1,100 square feet. She moved out early. I was supposed to move out and dump 23 years of crap that I had to clean out the house. And then I'm on 1,100 square feet and I'm seeing my kids 50-50. You know, and they're 14 and 16. I'm like, I've been a father for 14 years. I remember the uh, father for 14 years. I remember the first weekend I was by myself. I'm like, what do I do? And then let's not even discuss, okay, now I've got to start dating at 50, right? I'm like, okay, that's just, uh, to, for lack of a better word, a shit show. Because now with all this stuff, you get you know, people like I've dated other people like they think that no offense women think men don't get catfish I'm like we get catfish we get ghosted it all happens I don't even know what catfish means okay catfishing, catfishing means they put up fake pictures oh okay you know so the reality is that the dating scene is not as simple as it used to be when you dated someone who you were introduced to personally by a friend or, That's how dating used to happen. Or you met them somewhere, you had something in common, and you started with a conversation. Online dating changed that. Online, to- totally. And so that's a whole nother conversation. We're going to have to have another conversation. We're going to have you back on and we're going to talk about how to keep your brain on positive in the dating scene. Right now, let's just talk about how do you keep going? When everything that had meaning in your world gets taken away from you, because that's really the theme of this conversation. What did it take? I I think what helped is I wrote that there's light in the tunnel, how to survive and thrive a depression. Because when I released my first book, it was cathartic, right? I talked about being bullied. I talked about losing my father, about coming back. So when I went through this and, you know, the cliche is there's light at the end of the tunnel. When you're in the throes of suicidal ideation, 
depression, anxiety. You want it over. And the, the reason I say to people, I go, think about this. I go, you're in a flight, right? We've all had bad flights. And the pilot comes on and you hit turbulence. And the pilot's like, we're going to be through this in about 15 minutes. You're like, no, I don't want, I want to get out of this now. It's the same thing as that. When you come out of a shower, like I did going to see a client and you fall on the floor and have a panic attack for no reason, you just want it over the way I came back. If it wasn't for the, the state trooper that stopped me from trying to find a spot in the Tobin bridge. I mean, I, the day before the Tobin bridge, I tried to slit my own throat. That's intense. And then realize what I did because I'm thinking the movies, it's one and you're done. No, that isn't what happens. And then I try to find a spot in the Tobin Bridge to jump off. Thank God I went to McLean, which is one of the best hospitals because they have deconstructing the stigma, which they've interviewed me now for that whole program. And I found, and it's, this, is, this is something I, wanna, I want people to realize. People call it, your, you know, Dr. Wayne Dyer and Deepak Chopra are famous for saying this. People call it your gut instinct. It's not your gut, it's your heart. Your heart's intuitive, it knows. And every time I've had a very major life decision, my dad, I can hear him. So I didn't know what ECT was at all. And I'm like, you know what? I've tried drugs. I've tried this. Pardon me. Sure. Unpack the acronym. I don't believe in acronyms. ECT in your world is? Electroconvulsive therapy. Thank you. They literally induced a seizure, Mm -hmm. a brief seizure to reset the hard drive. And anyone who's ever seen One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. They demonized it. They made it seem. Demonized it. It has been. The, the reality is that any therapy, any interventive technique works for some of the people some of the time. Period. And I appreciate you said that because they demonized it. It's got a 97% success rate. It's been out since 1938. And you know what? I'm like, I have to do something different. Now, normally 12 treatments and then you taper, you start feeling better. I had three and I turned the corner and it was like the sky opened. And then anything that resets your brain. And so that's exactly what this whole conversation is going to be about from this moment on is the power of resetting the operating system. What's happening behind your eyes and between your ears. When they talk about reframing, they've got a piece of it. When they talk about a paradigm shift, they are getting closer. What you experienced was more of a transformation. You cannot go back to the way you thought before. No, and it's funny that you say that because I'm releasing a bunch of new stuff, new videos, fitness videos. And I tell people because, you know, some people, they get nervous when you talk about this. And I said, look, I said, I'm the 2.0 version now. I'm the new version. This isn't the old Coach Currents. This is the new Coach Kevin Currents. I'm, you think this, I just put this on last year. I am relentless. I just don't stop. I don't know that button. You know, I can turn it off, but in, in general, it ain't going to stop. And I think one of the best ways to reset now, when we, when mental health awareness month came out, I decided I did 40 of these. It was, it was uh, a mental, mental health, motivational muscle minute. So I told people like my, my mission now is this. I want to help people that have struggled and are still struggling with mental illness, recover with proper exercise, proper nutrition, and proper mindset programming. And that's through my workshops, that's through one-on-one, that's through groups, that's through seminars. That's what I do. Because those fundamentals mm-hmm. are key. Me, martial arts, three or five days a week. Yoga. I've been, a, I'm, I've been a yogi for 14 years in conditioning. And you and I both know this, Jackie, and I appreciate your knowledge if you even just raise your heart rate for two minutes, 
the endorphins kick off, right? And if, if you're, I tell clients to go, if you're eating donuts, you're going to feel like a donut. <laughs> I don't know what a donut feels like, but we do speak the same language. We speak it and we use slightly different terminologies. The reality is that the landscape behind your eyes and between your ears, this is where life is really lived. It's not lived out there with all of our stuff. It is lived in here. And whatever helps someone get control of the conversation up here is whatever helps someone get control. So in this no judgment zone, the reality is the path you took to get you here and whether it's your journey, Kevin, or someone who's listening, whatever got you here was damn it good enough to get you here. And here you now have a choice because the only place you have a choice is in the present moment. I appreciate that. You know, one of the biggest things I walked away with after coming out of McLean and myself was I came to a realization somebody always has it worse always mm. and take that glass for instance right i never like i never like this saying is the glass half empty half full i'm like why are you going to give me my and my, my my take is this i'm like why are you going to give me a half empty glass i want a full glass mm. and my attitude is it doesn't matter because it's refillable i like that one well here's yeah. one of my favorite ones too i'm in progress not perfection mm. You know, and I, people have this tendency and I, and I believe like you do in, you know, there's a, that old saying, actions speak louder than words. I agree. Words matter. That's why people say, I'm sorry. That's why people say, I love you. Right. And I also sit there and say to people, I go, it matters in here too. If I have a client and they have a shoulder injury, my bad shoulder. No, it's not. It's injured. Injury is temporary. Bad is forever. Language matters. Shakespeare, you know, what we name the thing, the thing becomes a rose by any other name was his way of trying to negate that. But the truth is that what we call it is what it is. And the language of the day around ain't it awful <laughs> is like, uh, whoa, wait a minute. The reason Louise Hay became Louise Hay with all of the power that she brought into the world with positive thinking is because when she started out and she was holding her workshops with people who were dying of AIDS, she said, this is not an ain't it awful club. We are going to talk about what's working. We're going to talk about what's next. We're going to talk about how to support each other moving forward. And it is not about the past or what's so bad about this. It is about what's next and what's so good about what you're doing right now. Exactly. And so I've been very blessed to have smart people in my world. So, Kevin, take people into your world, because I know you're a really smart person. You know, give them let's let's talk about what are three things that, you know, work every single time to help people shift their mood and attitude. First thing, number one thing. Okay. Set the day right ahead. The minute you wake up, do not watch the news. Watch something positive. You put because that's when your brain is really on fire. And I'm I'm listening to motivational stuff. I'm listening to Dr. Wayne Dyer. I'm listening to Deepak Chopra. I'm listening to uh, the, the uh, Mulligan Brothers motivational. Second thing, get some type of exercise daily. Okay. And I don't know, not to digress. I don't know if you remember the study in 2004. They took two hotels in Boston, room attendants which are mostly Hispanic and black. They took two hotels. They told one hotel what they were doing for daily work, met the requirements of exercise. 
They told the other hotel attendants nothing. They oh, came I back three months you. later in the shift, right? Just the, just the perception. Like people think, well, I got to sweat. I got to go to the gym. No, you don't. Go for a walk. Go for a swim. You know, do, do something. As Matthew McConaughey would say, break a sweat. Just break a sweat. Um, the third thing I think, which is very important, you know what? Be careful. I want to say that. Surround yourself with the right team. Oh, there we go. All right. We're going to unpack each one of those really quickly. Cool. So the first one was start your day with the intention of how you want your day to go. If you want to give control of what's happening behind your eyes, between your ears to other people, watch the news. It's called volunteering to be brainwashed in my world. If you, on the other hand, you want to direct the direction of your day, start your day with the direction you want it to go. Did I get that? Absolutely. And, and let's dovetail that a little bit. People say, well, people say to you, and I've been saying this for years, have, have, a, have a great day. I'm like, no, I'm going to make a great day because it's my choice. Well, you know, that's the title of our book. Make it a great day. Mm-hmm. The choice is yours. And that's our message into the world. So, and that's from the Team Suicide Prevention Society, just so people know that's my passion project. The second thing you said is really interesting. You said, get exercise every day. And you tagged back to that research project. And the reality is all movement matters. It all counts. Dancing in your car at a traffic light counts, people. You've made it too hard to succeed in my mind. So the easiest way to succeed is just to let everything that you do Exactly. What we say, what I say, move and improve and forget your ego is not your amigo. It's not. So don't oh, like, oh, no, no. We don't want to get into that argument. OK, because I oh. know when my ego is my amigo. Well, and it, it does happen. It does. But it, but see what what is you can get into acronyms like Dr. Wayne Dyer. What does ego stand for? Edging God out, the God within. In other words, the reason I say that, if you want to dance in your car, dance in your car. If you want to. If you want to, whatever it is, if you want to swim in the river, swim in the river, who cares? You know, there was a great Seinfeld episode where Kramer was swimming in the East River because the chop helped his back. I mean, he, he didn't care. The one, the one thing about that character, Kramer did not care about anything. And that's how people should be. Like one of my talks is, imagine if you took the two-year-old mind and put it in the 40-year-old body, you wouldn't worry about failure ever again. No, because what does a two-year-old do? They just play. They just keep going. They just, they, they're going to succeed. I mean, how many of us would have told our children when they fell down trying to stand up and walk, oh, honey, you can't do that. It's going to be too hard. It's okay if you never walk. We would never have done that to a two-year-old, but we do that to our 20-year-olds all the time. You might fail. You might fail. You might fail. So what? So what? Okay, so now we're going to talk about my pet peeve about bullying and the way it's handled now. I I think the worst thing that ever happened in this country was when we created safe spaces on college campuses. I believe that what we've actually done is taught an entire generation that they are not emotionally resilient enough to handle life, that they need help to handle life. I would invite anybody who thinks that's a good policy to go watch the old movie, The Bells of St. Mary's. Oh, they taught resilience. They taught balance of power. 
they taught the fact that you are able to change and to be proactive in how you handle things. And that once it's done, it's done. When it's over, it's over. They were friends after that. We're not teaching that anymore. We are teaching people to be helpless and to be dependent. And I am not having it. That's why I do this podcast. All right. So that was the second thing that you were talking about, about the, the movement. They're not teaching perseverance. They're not teaching. One of my talks is you're going to have grit for the grind. If you don't build some grit, you're not going to be able to grind. And life can be a grind. It's beautiful. And it's also a grind. It's a dichotomy. Mm. It's beautiful. And it requires effort. And I don't think effort has to be a grind. I think it's a mindset. True. So language matters. You said it earlier. I'm going to tag you back to it. Grit, absolutely. Fame, favorite movie of all time, True Grit. I'm a John Wayne fan. Absolutely. Yeah. And, all right, so we, we unpacked the first two. And the third one, my brain went, uh-oh, should have written it down, Jackie. All right, you said three. Mm-hmm. Gavin, come sure to my rescue. Make sure you have the right team around you. Right team. Who, if you could say three characteristics of your right team, and then I'll give three characteristics of mine and everybody will figure it out for themselves. I don't have to give you three. I can give you one. What's that? It's a quote from Rumi. I believe it's Rumi. After all this time, the sun never says to the earth, look at that, gives me goosebumps. You owe me. Think what can be done with a love like that. It lights up the sky. Unconditional love. Okay. So I'm going to unpack that just a little bit. (laughs) So the right team around you is someone who accepts you and loves you exactly as you are. And believes, right? Believes believes in you, believes in whatever mission it is, whatever, whoever you are, you know, and, and takes you like when people say, well, you know, my flaws, you don't have a flaw. You don't have the idiosyncrasy. It's your uniqueness. Like I always remember that line from Harry met Sally. At the end, when he says, I get you get that little crinkle of your nose. I love the fact that, you know, it takes you 20 minutes to order a sandwich. That's what it's about. And go back to a second for grind. Now, grind, we're going to use language again. Grind to some people is a bad thing. I don't think it's a bad thing. I think grinding is a good thing. Because you know what? When you grind diamonds, they get better. Well, I'll be, I'm a big fan of grinding coffee beans. (laughs) I make coffee nervous. I don't drink any. There you go. So you're right. It is about what meaning we assign to the words that we use and what meaning we assign to the conversations that we have and to the people around us. The people that I think are the right people are the ones who I can look at and say, you are perfect. And that's everyone who I choose to view as perfect because I'm the one in control of how I view these other people. You know what I discovered? I started teaching this about what attitude would you have if you knew that you were working with the best in the world. You had the best clients in the world, the best trainers in the world, the best coworkers in the world, the best team members in the world, the best whatever, that you knew you had the best in the world. What attitude would you have? And people were like really into this. And then they're like, but, but, and I'm like, no buts. When you start treating the people around you as if they are the best in the world for you, and they are, and I can prove it, you know how you know that the people around you are the best in the world for you? They're the ones that are with you. So they're the best in the world for you at this moment. And the moment you start treating them that way, 
three things start to change. One, your energy level goes up. Two, those who are willing to step up into that will step up into being the best for you. And those who are not willing to step up will guess what? Step out because it will be too uncomfortable for them to be treated as the best when they don't believe they're the best. And you don't have to push them out of your life. They will simply leave. It's, I love how you brought up comfort because one of the big things in yoga and in martial arts, you need to get comfortable being uncomfortable because mm. that's management. What we know to be true is that when one person in a group changes, the group has to change. Either the individuals change to be stay energetically aligned or the group changes because some people leave. And it doesn't matter who in the group changes. As soon as one person changes, change is happening. What I'm trying to do with this podcast, and I really appreciate it, Kevin, that you're here and sharing this with everyone. What I'm trying to do is help people own their ability to be change agents. That if you change, first thing's going to happen is people around you are going to get uncomfortable and they're going to tell you change back. They're going to do that in a lot of different ways. Okay, we get that. Expect that. Take a deep breath. Allow them to shift. To take some time with us. And then know. I like that. Gonna and change. I'm going to add to that because one of my quotes in my book, I, I refer to a lot as I believe it was either Mark Twain or Shakespeare. And this is deep. And people look at me sometimes like, oh, you know, he lifts weights, whatever. He's an athlete. He's not deep. But I am. You know, that's that's the way I that's just the way I'm like, I, I love when people say you wear your heart in your sleep. Like, that's a bad thing. I mean, being being empathetic makes me a good coach, good father, good uh, partner for somebody. Right. Empathetic. It's, it's a journey because exactly. empathy can only come with authenticity. Exactly. There's a good word, authenticity and integrity. So this is a great quote. I believe it's Mark Twain. It could be, it could be Shakespeare, but it's in my book a lot. And I think this is important for people that are going through this and to reset their brain. Forgiveness is the fragrance that is shed by the violet on the heel that has crushed it. And the first person, the first person you're going to forgive is you, whatever it is. You know, that's when you started. And I said you something about the ego and you said your ego is not your amigo. And I'm like, oh, absolutely. Yes, it is. When you understand what its role is, the ego's job is to help you survive. That's all it's there for. True, true. Well, when the- someone steps on you, the ego might say, oh, they're um, trying to harm you. And the reality is, no, you just got stepped on. And if you don't attach any meaning to it, there's actually nothing to forgive. If you do attach a meaning to it, then forgive yourself for attaching a meaning and bless them as they go on. Here's the good news. You don't have to keep them in your life. It, whether blood or contract, it does not matter. And most people don't know. You really do have a choice. And even if you, quote, can't choose who you're around, you can choose who you decide they are to you. That's yours to control. Absolutely. I like that. I like that a lot. And one of the things I that, that comes right out of Buddha's brain, right? What's called first dart, second dot theory. First dot is something that hits you, a comment, or whatever. And then second dart is your reaction or it could be a response. If it's a response, there's, there's a language. If you react, which most people want to do with this, 
I want to fire this off now. I got to get back at them now. And one of the things I say to clients, right? And I've been doing this probably for 10 years. People will say, and I don't know where this comes from. You probably would know this more than me, given what your field is. You're right about that. Why do, we, why do we have to be right? So I say to clients, especially when it comes to anything, fitness, nutrition, I'm not trying to be right. I'm trying to tell you the truth and be effective. When they tell you that you're right and you are pushing back, you might want to wonder, what is the meaning you've made about what they said? Because what they could be saying is, hey, Kevin, I agree with you. Well, why can't we say that? It's a language thing. And maybe someone listening to this podcast will start to question well, the language they're using. And I, I agree with you. And the other side of that is, how many times has we grown up when you were a kid? That's right. That's wrong. That's right. That's wrong. So it's almost inherent that we have to say, you're right versus wrong to start a fight versus, you know what, how about this is what, when somebody tells me something, I don't say, I don't say you're right about that. I go, thanks. They're like, and they're thrown back. What do you mean? Thanks. I go, well, for sharing that. Now I learned something. Mm-hmm. Or, oh yeah. Years ago, you remember years ago, people would, you do something for people, they would say no problem. Now, why would somebody say no problem if they did it for you? Shouldn't it be? So a friend of mine and I started doing this instead of NP, you know, no problem. We started saying MP. What's MP mean? What does MP mean? My pleasure. Because I wanted to do it for you. Mm-hmm. And my pleasure is what we used to say. And then we got the badge of being busy. And busy Very became good. the hallmark of, quote, success, which has nothing to do with your bank account. It just has to do with your calendar. And the reality is that's where no problem, I think, really started from is that people were owning that badge of being busy. But, Let's uh, go with my pleasure. Kevin, it has been my pleasure to have you on the show today. Well, Thank you so very, very much for sharing your journey with I us. I appreciate that. I will say this. Uh, it has been my honor and a privilege to share my story. As we say in Thai boxing, um, I must forgot that cup and cup. That means thank you very much. <laughs> All right. So we're going to have another conversation. We'll be tagging it for the Teen Suicide Prevention Society because what we're doing with the talk that saves lives over there is we call it emotional cage fighting, how to suicide proof your friends. There you go. I love that. Yeah. So I want to build that out and have that conversation with you. Yeah, there we go. You got guns. Me, I got grandma arms. Do you know know a veterinarian? Do I know a what? A veterinarian. Probably. Because these pythons are sick. Oh. I got you you with that one. All right. (laughs) Everyone, thank you all for listening. As always, keep your brain on positive. That's your job and no one else's. Be relentless. Thank you for turning on and turning up your positivity. We know that positivity is easier to maintain in a community So we have one. Join our community on Facebook, Your Brain on Positive. If you've had an aha from the show, please head over to the community and share it. We love to celebrate wins. 